When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Do me a favor. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined as always here on this, I, I wouldn't say robust Tuesday, Mr. Bo Brock, but we got some, we got some stuff to talk about, stuff we're excited about. This is an eerily quiet off season. I mean, this is this has gone beyond anything I think you and I have ever seen covering this team. I mean, there there is absolutely nothing going on. We need to bring back the old uh, what was it? The uh, you were playing it a couple of weeks ago. What's that? Like the 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 wheat that was just kind of blown across the. Oh old- yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have that still because I was I was yeah. Leah producer Leah's got that for us because gosh darn it. This is still relevant many, many weeks after the fact. I said I was going to retire it after the Cardinals signed Will Hernandez. And then people were like, that doesn't count. And I'm like, you're probably right. <laughs> so save for maybe a Julio Jones post-draft or a Jadavion Clowney. I think that is going to roll right into training camp uh, pending a kind time move. But the good news is, Mr. Bobrock, is we are, I want to say, like less than three weeks away from the NFL draft. We're super yes. excited about it. We're going to be hosting a party. April 28th, the first round at the Ainsworth uh, with special guests as it was broken yesterday on PHNX Cardinals Live by the GM Saul Bookman. Byron Murphy, starting cornerback for the Cardinals, will be there hanging with myself, Paul Brock, Damian Anderson, uh, of course, Frank that. Sanders. Yeah. Downplaying a huge announcement. It just got a lost over your redemption story that, that plans to go down on, on no, that's that's headline number one, right? That is Come headlines. On it's like trying to drop news on a Friday night that uh Byron Murphy Jr., CB1 for the Arizona Cardinals, is gonna be out there at the Ainsworth. Like, not only is it gonna be Johnny Venerable, not only is it gonna be Damian Anderson, Frank Sanders, and myself, it's gonna be Byron Murphy Jr., the Arizona native, out there hanging out with us. Would be very fitting. This is not my preference. If they took a certain cornerback from the University of Washington, Trent McDuffie, maybe we could get some live reaction on air. But we digress. It's going to be great. He's going to be out there shaking hands, signing autographs. We'll have much more information on our draft party in the coming days and weeks leading up to April 25th. But today is a primer of all days. Bo and myself, we consider ourselves draft savants. We meticulously go through top 100 charts and for the Arizona Cardinals, their positional depth chart. We thought we'd spend this first segment today breaking down the Arizona Cardinals depth chart 
positions of need that are obvious and then maybe some that aren't as obvious. So, Mr. Bo Brock, I'll kick it to you first. Biggest glaring hole as you look at the Arizona Cardinals 53 today. Yeah, I think the biggest glaring hole is something that uh, if you've tuned into the show or if you haven't, you you know what they are. It's wide receiver, right? Opposite DeAndre Hopkins, it's edge. Uh, and probably, you know, the, number three is probably the most interesting debate about this roster, Johnny, because some people would say cornerback and then the others would say maybe the teeth of that defensive line because – Man, was their Achilles heel that run defense last year is brutal. So why not get a big beefy guy in the middle of it and uh, maybe slow down opposing ball carriers? So that's probably and it's not a you know a raging debate. We're not going to bore you for thirty minutes with that. But I would probably say that the, looking at how the draft board could fall, the Arizona Cardinals, pro, you know, defense in the middle of the defensive line is is a very intriguing option for them. <laughs> I would agree with those. I would say receiver for me, just because the offense hasn't been taken care of yet this offseason, outside of you know internal signings being Zach Ertz, James Conner. Um, I think the offensive line could need some attention. But for me, first and foremost, it's it's the receiver position opposite DeAndre Hopkins. And goodness, I mean, the Cardinals have spent a second-round pick, I think equates to like four drafts in a row on receivers if you count the D-hop trade dating back to when Christian Kirk first became an Arizona Cardinal, which is crazy to think about. So we went... From Kirk to uh, was it Andy Isabella to D Hop to Rondell Moore? Like they're going to spend yet another top fifty, top sixty pick on a receiver. I would say it feels like that's where we're trending, Bo Brock. And in in my opinion, taking the pulse of the fan base on Twitter, social media, our website gophnx.com, member Discord, become a member, hang out, talk some draft with Bo and myself, receiver. Feels like the position everybody wants. It's the sexy position. It's the position that right now is trending to be a top position in the NFL. I think people are scorned, Bo, from no CD Lamb a couple of years ago. I think people are scorned. You know, last year they wanted the, a couple of the kids that from the SEC didn't make it to pick 16. Goodness, they didn't even make it really out of the top 12. And so is this a redemption year for that position unit for the Cardinals, considering it's just D Hop and Rondell Moore? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as I pointed out yesterday, I tweeted this out as far as the uh, the QB uh, manual that they have from Pro Football Focus, which is a great read, by the way. I don't know if you've yeah. checked it out. Uh, A.J. Green, every key statistic, every key moment that you look from a passer, A.J. Green was the top targeted wide receiver for this Arizona Cardinals team. And A.J. Green at 33 years old, his career resurgence is nice, 800 yards, three touchdowns, but he has no business being the top target for any quarterback in the, in the no. league you know, in 2021. So uh, yeah, that remains an option. And we're going to look at a mock draft. Uh, Jason Reed, formerly of the draft network. And now ESPN did it. He did every team seven round mock draft for ESPN.com. And he does not address wide receiver in this draft. So you have to imagine that if the Arizona Cardinals aren't going to go through the draft to do that, that a guy like Julio Jones, Will Fuller, I don't believe has been picked up yet. He's still available. Not. But every single one of those guys, Johnny, just like AJ Green, I mean, it's talk about red flags. There's red flags all over everybody available now in the free agent market. So nobody's there's no perfect option for the Cardinals outside of maybe drafting a wide receiver. So I think we're both in agreement here. Wide receiver, that room, it's it's if if, if they go with the status quo right now into the 2020-22 season. What, what, I mean, what are we doing here? I, well, what we're what we're doing, we're going to get a full season from Zach Ertz. I think yeah. we don't want to downplay the significance of a guy who I think could have 800 plus receiving yards in this offense next year, um, with the amount of targets he got. He was the number one targeted tight end in the NFL 
after his trade. And I don't think that's an albatross. I think that's the way the direction of Kingsbury's offense wants to go. But I'm with you. I mean, outside of D-Hop, Rondell Moore, and Antoine Wesley, who I really love as a fourth receiver, uh, being able to mix and match his size inside and out, you've got a lot of Greg Dortch. Dortch? Andy <laughs> yeah. Isabella is still on this yeah. roster for some reason. Andre Vasilia. Uh, yeah. Those are not NFL caliber receivers today that you want on a contending team. And while it would be nice to be able to get a Julio Jones post-draft and you're assured that you're going to get 15 games healthy and eight to 10 touchdowns, anybody would sign up for that today. He's got, I'm sure, competing offers. He wants a multi-year deal, which I know the Cardinals do not want to do. You would vote to your credit. You've been saying like the most valuable thing right now is to get one of these receivers on a five-year deal where you pay them next to no money. Yeah, and, and I see everybody in the chat. Rafa, you're talking about... Uh... You know, top three pick, A.J. Green is a must to bring back. And I think it's got to be, you know, a draft pick and a veteran to add to that group. Uh, you, you just really have to do it. And I feel like the, with the wide receiver position we've seen, and it feels like this organization should know this by now, that you can't just flood that room with numbers and it, it will, it will, you'll benefit from it down the line. But I feel like edge rushers, you can somehow get away with that. If you flood the pass rush group, the you know, the front seven, with enough guys and enough bodies and enough athleticism and physicality that you can get away with that and your sack numbers won't deteriorate uh, to where you're not competitive. I, I just think, you know, when you look at the two glaring needs here, you know, with 23, you're sitting there with it. That's going to be your best opportunity uh, to, to really bolster this roster, to give Kyler Murray the weapons necessary to compete and still one of the best divisions in football. A lot of people showing AJ Green love in the chat, which I'm surprised about because if you took weird. a pulse of the fan base after the season yeah. and the non-factor he was specifically against the LA Rams in that playoff game. I mean, he looked toast, done. I mean, you say the same to, to a certain extent with Christian Kirk. He just got, you know, a billion dollars from the Jaguars. So I, I think the Cardinals, it's clear. If they're going to be competitive and they're, if they're going to make the playoffs next year, they need DeAndre Hopkins, point blank. Uh, that's a that's a non-starter. You're going to pay him almost $30 million on average the next couple of years. He has to be one of your better players. But in today's NFL landscape, you got to have multiple guys that can be difference makers catching the football. I do like, uh, I'll go back, Kiro in the chat said, I like Justin Ross from Clemson, a uh, guy who's 6'4", 205, uh, elite hand, seems like a perfect fit for Kyle. That's probably more of an option the second round, as he mentions here. So, Ball, kick it back to you. You think the Cardinals are better served going defensive line, be either tackle or edge rusher in the first round and receiver in the second, or you flip the script, take one of these early wide outs at 23, and then hope that a quality defensive lineman falls to you in the second round. I'll continue to pound the table for the wide receiver. And, uh, you know, I, I it's interesting when you look at just the history of wide receivers drafted and, you know, who's going to pan out, especially if you're taking what's going to be considered the fifth, sixth best prospect at that position but I just think that the need is, is so glaring. And these guys are so – they're ready. Um, and, and then also, you know, I hear a very respected, maybe the most respected uh, draft expert out there in Daniel Jeremiah where he likes 20 of these edge rushers. And I'm not saying, like, they're, they're, one of them is going to come in and you can go 20 deep and they're all going to be Chandler Jones. That's not, that's not what he's saying. But as far as what they're going to bring to the table, as far as uh, you can put them in positions to just say, hey, go get the quarterback – you can get valuable snaps from those guys. And I think that you'd be better served doing that and looking for that guy at 55 than you would be at 23. Because as we mentioned yesterday, and I love the points that Damian Anderson was making for George uh, Karloftis, but 
I think that the drop off from the first tier of pass rushers to maybe the second and third tiers is is pretty significant. So if, why would you take at 23 the second tier when at the third tier in the second round it isn't going to be that big of a drop off from second to two, two to three? So if I didn't lose everybody by talking <laughs> in circles, uh, I, ho- I hope you agree with me. Uh, I do agree with you. And I think, okay, so the Cardinals pick, everybody help me out. Second round, they pick 58, Five. 56, 55, 50. almost yeah. there. So if you opt to not take a receiver at 23, here's what you're probably going to be looking at, assuming that certain guys don't get overdrafted. You could be looking at a Sky Moore at 55, maybe a David Bell out of Purdue, and Alex Pierce out of Cincinnati. Is that doing it for you? Maybe a Jalen Tolbert out of something called South Alabama. But you could get an edge rusher of note from a quality university at 55. Uh, I love the kid from USC, Drake Jackson's funny. They got Drake London and a Drake Jackson at USC. Um, the kid, the, 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 go ahead. Uh, DJ Daniel Jeremiah said, if you're looking for a guy who could best become a Chandler Jones type, as far as just how his measurables, his size, his athleticism, that's Chandler Jones. That's the Chandler Jones of this draft. Mathis, the kid out of Alabama, be a quality defensive tackle. You just, you, you know what you're getting with these linemen from the SEC. Sure, their ceiling might not be, I'm an all pro for the next five years, but I, I'm not going to embarrass myself. And you know, sure as hell, they can play the run. They've maxed out their ability to do that uh, under Nick Saban, kid out of Houston, Logan Hall. I just, you go through the list, Bo Brock, and I feel like we put such a premium now on receivers. Not that defense is not important, and we're, we're going to get to, Mr. Reed's mock draft and why I've got so many issues with it. But in 2022, like we're going to see probably six receivers at least go in the first round. I think that's fair, right? Of 32 picks. I don't know what, I'm not a mathematician. I don't know what percentage that is. It's a lot, right? It's going to be more than quarterbacks. We would assume it's going to be more than I would say 80 to 90% of the positions outside of maybe tackle. So if you think of it like that, okay, well then it's going to be pick clean come the second round. Whereas I feel I just feel way better about finding a rotational defensive end, defensive tackle who I know could sit behind JJ Watt and Zach Allen and still get reps because you need how many interchangeable pieces at defensive line. Guys get gas. We know Watt and Allen both have injury histories. And then on edge rusher, like I'm just gonna say this one time, we'll move on on this show. I'm not gonna harp on it. Vance Joseph has just ill will of playing young linebackers. Now that's on the inside. But they brought Devon Kennard back for a reason. They gave Dennis Gardeck not starting money, but rotational money. So if you take an edge rusher, either at 23 or 55, they are not starting week one. Unless they have a generational camp, they are not starting over one of these veterans for Vance Joseph. You take any one of the receivers we're going to harp on throughout the next two and a half weeks, they are the Y to Hopkins X with yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. You have a hard time convincing me that that's not the case. Absolutely. And and Jalen in the chat, he's saying at 55, he likes George Pickens from Georgia, Alex Pierce, and Justin Ross. We're seeing his name out of Clemson he, uh, coming off an injury. It's like these guys have, they have their red flags as well. And I feel yeah. like, you know, once you get past this tier, this tier one of wide receivers, which I think is deeper than the tier one of edge, you know, I think that you're best served as far as if you're going to find an impact coupled with the fact that Cliff is going to probably try to feed this guy like he tried to feed Rondell Moore early in his rookie season mm-hmm. before he fell off. You know, I think that they, they'd they be better suited to do that. And, 
especially get that extra year on the contract that you can couple him with Kyler Murray making all that money because it's going to happen soon, making 40 plus million and taking up 16 to 17% of your salary cap. If you can get a guy that's wide receiver two caliber prospect, you know, I like Traylon Burks way better than I like George Pickens. George Pickens seems like, look, he can be a one trick pony for you. He can be a guy that can go get it on a deep ball but I love trailing Burks with the ball in his hand in any situation. So if you can get a Burks, if you can get, I don't know if Alave will be there at 23, you probably have to do your homework on Jahan Dotson. And it sounds like they're doing that, um, that you could find a guy that can be a playmaker immediately in this off offense. And it, you'd be better off than going and kicking the tires on maybe a Julio Jones at what? 32 years old, 33 years old. I got a text message uh, right before the show started that says that their interest in Dachshund is real. So take that for what it's worth. So everybody do your homework on this young man from Penn State. Uh, You could do way worse at pick 23. Uh, And if you're getting, again, Emmanuel Sanders for the next five to seven years, yes, sign me the hell up for that. Uh, In a league where you have to be, you have to be explosive in the passing game. Bo Brock, I'll pose this question to you because I saw this from my my good buddy, Blake Murphy Murphy ahead of the, the show today. Two Cardinals under contract on the offensive line post-2022, that being Josh Jones, who's a backup tackle, and, of course, the center, Rodney Hudson. Would you be surprised to see them force an offensive line pick at 23, a la DJ Humphreys out of Florida, I think at 25, 26, knowing that, okay, like, unless they have a banger camp, Zion Johnson could beat out Will Hernandez, but probably not going to play a lot the year one. Would you be all right with that? Would I be okay with it? I think that that's the inside linebacker. I think that's the Zayvon Collins surprise pick of this draft. I think that's where the, the the that position this year. That over corner, you feel like? Yeah, I do. But at the same token, when I look at Steve Kimes' draft history, nothing tells me that he, he – he, call it naive – he believes he can go out and get these these vets on these bargain basement deals and just plug and play guys. He that's just his philosophy. I feel like I feel like he would rather allocate funds towards the fun positions, the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, the running backs, and the edge rushers in the corners than go out there and and you know have to utilize one of his first round picks in an offensive line. Do you think he felt burned from Jonathan Cooper not panning out? Jonathan Cooper who came out of the gate strong before he broke his leg uh you know he seemed like he was supposed to be the safest pick in that draft and he was a bust for the Arizona Cardinals at guard I feel like he's come to a realization that the position of guard is interchangeable he's been burned not only by Jonathan Cooper you could argue Mason Cole uh there was another guard mixed in there that really never amounted to anything I think goodness another big 10 or yeah he hasn't been able to hit on an offensive lineman outside of DJ Humphreys, right? Right. Sometimes you just draft with what you're good at. And as much as I would not want this organization to take yet another corner defensive back, like that's the only position they draft well. You can make an argument, right? Patrick Peterson, Dominic Rogers, Cromartie, Antrell Roll, Buda Baker, Tyron Matthew. They, they hit on those positions, right? Yeah. Where do they miss on? Outside of Larry Fitzgerald, not great at receiver, right? Outside of Kyler Murray, historically not good at quarterback. DJ Humphreys is an outlier amongst offensive linemen, right? So, uh, all of that to say, I, I do think that if we're playing in a sandbox of is the talent matching the pick, that was the issue with Zayvon Collins last year. A lot of people probably not diehard draft nuts saw Zayvon Collins as maybe like a fringe first rounder where m- most people, Tony Pauline of the Draft Network said, like, he's going top 20. And he did, but he wasn't the sexy pick. Like Zion Johnson and Tyler Lindenbaum at pick 23 is a really good pick for stability on the offensive line and protecting your quarterback. 
but it's not a sexy pick that's going to get the fan base energized, especially if he doesn't play over Will Hernandez that first year. But you can also count on Rodney Hudson, just uh, Pugh. They've all been hurt, right? So you're probably going to see an infusion of, of youth and development up front anyway. But Kugler's a little bit like Vance Joseph, where it's like, I want my veterans. I want my guys who are gritty. Give me people in their mid to late 20s, early 30s. I don't want these babies. So I just like, just give everybody to Cliff. Like, I say what you want about Cliff Kingsbury. Like, he will implement, he implemented Kenyon Drake and James Conner and these receivers, Antoine. He did it seamlessly. He implemented Zach Ertz. Like, I know they're all different ages, but I just, he's more flexible than, than people give him credit for. Is he perfect? No. Do his schemes drive us nuts with the horizontal passing? It's terrible. He's got to fix that. But I, I feel like of all the coaches on the roster, the head coach is best suited to say, I like this guy. I can plug him and play him week one. And we're just going to see what happens. Yeah, I, I don't think you can. I think that that's a huge part of this entire argument when you start to try to mock people to or prospects to this team and and try not to make the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, Jose making a great point there. Kaim isn't willing to sign long-term contracts. We have one to two-year big pay contract free agents. If we sign some of these rookies long-term, we'd probably have money like the Rams. Rams, I don't even think that they play in the same with the same salary cap rules as everybody else. They're they funny. do not, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's just he he's he's got his philosophy, and it seems like he, he's you can kind of pin him – uh, for a couple of these prospects. Now, one of the guys, speaking of uh, Daniel Jeremiah, he had uh, Wyatt, from the big tackle from Georgia, as, as a Steve Kime special. He said that he would be kind of infatuated by the kid. And I agree with that. Yeah, I don't mind that I, either. I think that's exact. He's been yearning for an SEC defensive lineman since Quentin Williams when he had to take Kyler Murray. Uh, he, he wanted uh, uh, Derek Brown. From Auburn, couldn't get him, took Isaiah Simmons. I this would not surprise me at all. And I mean, as as much as at, we want a pass catcher, that's our pick. Let's both bow and I are on the record, right? Like, if there's one thing this defense has been missing since Calais Campbell left, it is a big man who can push the pocket from the interior. They've had edge rushers, right? Had great safety play, they've had good inside line. They have not had a badass. 25 year old that can get you five to seven sacks and make life hell for Stafford and Russell Wilson once upon a time. That's what Calais C Campbell did. That's what Darnold Dockett did. And it's been too long. Yeah. I mean, if, if Devonte Wyatt or even his teammate at Georgia and Jordan Davis, who's more of a rotational guy, if they're on the board at 23, we're, we're seeing Steve Kime look like he's at Blake Shelton's con, uh, concert <laughs> in country thunder again. He's throwing up the horns and he said, let's make the pick. Let's go. Let's go get my guy. I love the big men from the SEC because, again, like you feel like you, it's just a safe way to go. They don't. You're miss. telling me I'm going to get a defensive tackle that played on a generational defense that won the Natty and was dominant every game outside of one, the SEC championship game. I, like, get, sign me up for that. A, a defensive line that pushed around Nick Saban's bread and butter, his offensive line. Uh, NFL AZ Cardinals in the chat says Isaiah Simmons wasn't a bad pick. I'm, I swear I'm not pivoting to, to, to rip Isaiah Simmons today. It's been our coaching philosophy. Hicks saying coaches need to trust these rookies says it all. Uh, did Jordan Hicks say that recently? Maybe this is an older quote. Bo, do you know where this came from? Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that quote, but uh, maybe. I, I mean, I'm sure Jordan Hicks then wasn't too pleased with how things went down as far as how he was handled in his final season as a Cardinal. 
Somebody's saying, Sly's saying in the chat, trade Kingsbury to move up in the draft, then go get Harbaugh in a higher pick. Sly, I love you, brother. Jim Harbaugh. I would love Jim Harbaugh. We should we, we should just officially address this because Sly brings this up every chat. Bo and I, I at least I'm a Harbaugh uh, enthusiast. I love Jim Harbaugh. I think he'd be great here. Um, I don't think he's coming back to the NFL. If the Vikings, that was kind of his last for all, he said. I don't even know if he'd want to coach the Cardinals either. Jim Harbaugh? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I mean, khaki's a little too warm for the desert. I, I don't know. Khaki shorts? Khaki shorts? Yeah, get some Walmart khaki shorts. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I don't see Jim Harbaugh being a fit with his organization. I think you think he'd have fitted khakis four seamers like me, or you think he'd have those big boxy ones that go past your kneecap? Gotta have the pleats. Gotta have the big box. Yeah, he's gonna oh, look like man. old nineteen nineties baggy khaki shorts. It's it's not a good look for anybody. I would not gamble on on Harbaugh coming back to the NFL, but you should gamble. Look, be the, go ahead. I mean, final thing is, as far as Cliff Kingsbury, let, let's keep it. Can you imagine if you had a job and you succeeded and improved in your job each and every year, like in the criteria that matters, and then you got fired? Like if you did your job to the best of your ability, you succeeded with the criteria that was outlined for you. It was as far as wins and losses, improving the offense. And then people would say, well, you know, you, you didn't finish as strong as, as you needed to. And they said, we're going to let you go. Would you say that? Yeah, that's fair. It's not. It wouldn't be. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury has improved each and every year. The the team drastically improved offensively. He took over one of the worst rosters ever. I don't think, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and die in Cliff Kingsbury Hill. Yes, but you are. I think the guy deserves a little bit more credit than he gets from this fan base. Marty Schottenheimer was fired after four, winning 14 games his last year in the NFL. It happens in the NFL. But I agree with you. And also, if you fire Cliff Kingsbury, who are you getting? Uh, that was always my biggest pushback. Like, who wants, who would want this job? The situation with Kyler and Kime. Uh, like, if somebody comes in like Jim Harbaugh. Like, Jim Harbaugh is going to want personnel control. Jim Harbaugh is not going to want to deal with all this extracurricular with Kyler Murray, which we don't think is a big deal. Like, Cliff is kind of uniquely positioned to handle all of this. Like, he gets along with his GM. He has influence clearly with the Isabella pick, among others, and the Kyler Murray pick. And then also, he's got his agent is the same one that represents Kyler Murray. I just. Josh Hunt saying, I don't think we should be giving up on Kingsbury for that exact reason. Hmm. Uh, these two podcast hosts are are not giving up on Cliff. Uh, hey, how does he do against the division? He went he went four and two against the division last year. I can hang my head on that. He's just uh, I, his father is Sean McVay. That's the biggest problem. That that's true. Uh, <laughs> what else is true is you can make bank tonight. DraftKings Sportsbook app NBA play in action begins in just a matter of hours. Get ready for the biggest tournament of the year, NBA playoffs, and of course, with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops. Same game parlays can buy multiple bets from the same game from an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, today and tomorrow, get a risk-free bet. I still need to go do that. It's up to $10.00. If your same game parlay doesn't hit, well, mine are going to hit. Uh, it's a call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use that promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team win their game during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets. That's promo code PHNX at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Reminder, 21 and over Arizona-only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEPS. New customer only. 
Uh, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Do we have time for me to tell us about uh, our, our brand new partner? Yeah. OGs. Welcome OG's brands into the PHNX family. We love OG's. OG's is one of Arizona's first original scratch-made cannabis kitchens and is dedicated to creating innovative and memorable cannabis-infused products that flavor life's journey. Quality of their products stem from the combination of accurate dosing and amazing flavor. Edibles, not a one-size-fits-all product, which is why OG's is proud to offer a wide range of products for all demographics, all preferences. Their motto, Johnny, flavoring life. And it's something we can all get behind, especially when it's a tropical flavor. They're tropical fruit flavors. It's a mouthful, and it includes guava, strawberry, kiwi, raspberry, orange, and pina colada. If you're interested in trying the amazing, delicious variety of flavors, you never turn down pina colada flavors. Brands has to offer. OG's Brands has to offer. Go to ogbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z, brands.com. Find OG's near you. I feel like producer Leah knows I'm a pina colada guy. Is that is that well known? Yeah, Leah knows that. Uh, it's my go-to drink. Uh, it's also my my go-to edible. Apparently, Cards met with Malik Willis at the combine and recently scouted and recently South Dakota QB. Do you guys think just just due diligence, Bull Brock, meeting with these QBs? Sure, and I, I wouldn't even have a problem if they use one of their sixth or seventh round picks on getting a quarterback. That's fine. I think organization in the NFL, just the way things, it's kind of a revolving door at the quarterback position often, um, that you'd probably be a smart organization in, in bringing in a young quarterback each and every year. So, yeah. Howie Roseman does it in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. and he, he found his next franchise quarterback. I mean, I think he reached in the second round, but, you know, now they're, they've got a better contract for a quarterback and – probably a brighter future than they did with Carson Wentz, which I don't think anybody envisioned when he signed his extension that that was going to go south as it did. So, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Due diligence, absolutely. I'm never going to, you know. Malik Willis might end up being in their division for the next 10 years. Yeah. That I would I would argue that's why they're doing it, because he could be a Seahawk in a month. So, I, other than that, I can't imagine why. That's yes. why they're doing it. For sure. At ninth overall, you think Malik Willis, Seattle? Or, or, I mean, they got the ammo. If they want, if they love the kid, they want to go up and trade for him. Hell yeah! yeah. I got so behind Mister Mister Drew Lock, Jason Reed, uh, very uh, just up and coming draft expert. They said the Draft Network and now ESPN.com just absolutely crushed it with the seven round, all thirty two team mock draft. Every single pick in this month's draft, he did. I was looking at what he did for the Arizona Cardinals, and it's an interesting strategy, Johnny. And it's not one I like I completely disagree with. I kind of see the direction he was going. It creates, it absolutely creates potentially a strength for this organization, but I don't think it plays to their strength. So this is what Jordan Reed did in his seven-round mock draft for ESPN.com. You got to be an insider for it. So we're taking you kind of behind the velvet rope there. You're welcome. Devontae Wyatt, the guy that we were talking about last segment for Steve Kime, uh, who Daniel Jeremiah said he Steve Kime would be he'd be tickled by that pick, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. Tickle Steve, tickle the big man with another big man. Roger McCreary, who I've seen projected as a first round corner out of Auburn. Our guy Frank Sanders would like that pick from his alma mater going in the second round, 55th overall. Kingsley, uh, how do you pronounce this guy's name? Anagbear? Yeah. A nog bearer out of South Carolina. So if you're counting, if you're keeping track, that's three prospects selected, and every single one of them played in the SEC. 
I don't that's think that's the best part of it. That's not a bad philosophy. And then he goes off script and he takes his first team, uh, player out of the SEC. He takes Kyrene Williams running back out of Notre Dame, which I, I like. I like Williams. I think he's a dual threat running back. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball between the tackles. I, I think that he adds some much needed speed to the running back room because right now James Conner is not, he's kind of more your in between the tackles guy. And Eno Benjamin, he's good, but he's not fleet of foot, the running back position. Kyron Johnson, an edge from Kansas, not a traditional football power, so that one's interesting. Justin Schaefer from Georgia, he's a guard. Love him, love that pick. Jalen Windemeyer, uh, Widenmeyer from Texas A&M, he's a tight end. And then Zacoby McLean, another Auburn Tiger for Frank Sanders to round out the draft class at State. You have the whole Auburn secondary, why the hell not? <laughs> I, I, you know, okay, go so ahead. You tell me your thoughts first on this. I think that this... Look, if you're taking six out of eight of your picks and you're getting SEC guys and a Notre Dame guy, I like I, I like that he's going, you know, power five. I like that he's bringing in, you know, blue chip type prospects. And I think you're just likely to hit, more likely to hit on those guys than, than taking a big swing in a small school guy. Um, Devontae Wyatt, can't ha- I don't have a big problem with that pick at one. McCreary, love it at two. I think there's an incredible amount of value there. Plus, you look at your cornerback room. I think you're set for a couple of years there with who they have in place right now. Byron Murphy, Jeff Gladney, Marco Wilson. Probably need to add a veteran, though, to, to show him the ropes. Um, and then, you know, the, the South Carolina edge rusher, uh, Kingsley, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think that it creates you're, – you're, you're really pushing your chips in the middle of the table on defense, though. Like, there's no wide receiver in this class, so they are going to have to address that in free agency. But it does, I, I think Vance Joseph, even though he's notorious for not playing his rookies, he's got a lot of fun pieces to to work with here. So that's a perfect mock draft if you substitute the McCreary pick, which I know you like, and I don't dislike the player for a receiver because here's what you're then getting. You're getting a, a supremely gifted 5-3 to three technique defensive lineman from the SEC that's an immediate hopefully 10-year starter up front for you, the next Fletcher Cox of this organization. You take a receiver, somebody of note in the second round, a developmental guy that a lot of people in the chat have been mentioning, the kid from Clemson, the kid from South Alabama, Sky Moore, somebody like that that can play outside. The rest of the draft, I mean, outside of the kid from Kansas, the Kingsley is, I, I have him graded as, a, as a, a late second round pick. That's tremendous value. You get an SEC pass rusher, yes, please. Sign me up. I will roll the dice. Can we see? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think we've got a little bit of a little bit of video on on Kingsley here. Here, I got it pulled up. Look at this explosiveness. He's an outside linebacker. Beats the right tackle. Boom! Force fumble uh, into an interception. Love that. Um, And then Wyatt himself. Look at this. Like no, nobody's allowed to move like that at that size. Just (laughs) destroyed Alabama's offensive line two consecutive games. Mm -hmm. And then McCreary is a nice player. And again, he does something that no Cardinal defensive back currently does. He intercepts the ball, right? Yeah. He's got supremely gifted ball skills, and his returnability is immaculate. I love Byron Murphy. Gladney's, you know, hopefully going to turn into something. Marco Wilson, those guys are ball hawks at the cornerback position. And what we would say about Buddha and Jalen Thompson, not really ball hawk safeties. This guy's got the best, he would have the best ball skills of anybody in the Cardinal secondary. I just feel like for what the Cardinals need coming into next season, that's a luxury pick. It would like that draft class wouldn't bother me. I love Schaefer, the guard out of Georgia. You get him in the sixth round. That's that's fantastic value. I would be mad if they would not take a 
a receiver prospect of note on day three from the SEC. I, I use this comparison a lot. I think the Niners got a kid out of Tennessee in the seventh round last year named Jawan Jennings. And he played, and he was a highly touted prospect, couldn't catch on in a busted passing game at Tennessee. What does he go? He goes to San Francisco last year as a rookie and catch, catches touchdown passes from Jimmy G. Like, okay, you don't want to take a receiver in the first three rounds. You better, with all of those, you know, flyer picks in on day three, you better take a couple. For sure. If, especially if you set up your wide receiver room to where, you know what, DeAndre Hopkins can do everything for you, right? And then you Rondell Moore is going to have a pretty – He's going to know what his role is. So you've got a cup, and then Zach Ertz is going to be in the middle of the field guy for you at tight end. If you just can turn one of these late round picks, who, as you said, SEC, you got athletes coming out of there. Uh, if if you could just say, hey, go, just go run, just run deep, just beat your guy. You have yeah. just like they did with Antoine Wesley. Like your role is is defined on what we need you to do. You just need to be the best at that. Kyler Murray will find you. And yeah, absolutely. You could turn. You could hit for the first time in a long time on a, on a sixth or seventh round pick that, that we've been waiting for as far as making an impact on this roster. They uh, have this kind of draft real quick. I, AJ Green's a Cardinal by what? Sunday oh, yeah. night. Yeah. I just, you, you get just him on the phone. Price up. I mean, right. And I think that that, that if for everybody waiting for a move, we would love a move for our programming. Mean, we're not going to get anything of note. You would think until post draft. Um, Kime has always been historically on the record of saying he wants to get all of his needs filled before draft weekend. I don't, with this receiver market and what the Jaguars have done, skewing it with Christian Kirk Steele, I don't know if that is obtainable this year at that position. Yeah, I, I, I see Pascal uh, Jose talking about him from Kentucky. Technically, another SEC guy, right? <laughs> I mean, Kentucky is indeed in the SEC. They've got some. They had a hell of a year last year. Yeah, they, they do. They've got three legit. NFL prospects on that team as far as the guard, Pascal, and then uh, the wide receiver, Wandell Robinson. Um, so, you know, that, that would be an interesting school. I've seen the Arizona Cardinals poking around, having some draft uh, meetings with Pierre Strong, small school guy that had the fastest 40 time, tied for the fastest 40 time for any running back. Because I, I got to imagine they have to add speed to that running back. I, I mentioned that earlier in the podcast. I think that just the way that Cliff's run scheme sets up, You've got to have a guy that can get to the outside. Remember against Dallas, Johnny, when they were putting that game away, when they were salting away, they had some plays where they made uh, the guy who just signed with Denver. Why can't I think of his name? Randy Gregory looked like he was mm-hmm. standing still three times. Kyler Murray and Chase Edmonds, they don't have a guy in their running back room right now that can run the option that's fast enough to run the option with Kyler Murray. And Chase Edmonds was a tremendous receiver out of the backfield, too. Like, James Conner's great in spurts with the screen passes, but Chase Edmonds is a natural route runner. He was out of Fordham. He got better at the NFL level. They don't have that on the roster. With all due respect to Eno Benjamin, they are traditional. He and Conner are traditional backs. This kid in this mock draft, Williams, out of Notre Dame, he, his comp is Deion Lewis, former New England Patriot. That would be just what the doctor ordered. And I think we're going to get – one of these six or seven round picks to be a running back. I, I just, that feels like you're getting, you're playing with house money at that point. You can, you can take a couple, if you harken back to this Stefan Taylor, Tim Hot or Stefan Taylor, Andre Ellington draft of the Bruce Arians first year in 2013. That would be fine. That position is so interchangeable, but like they gave James Conner a heck of a lot of money. So I, I anticipate him getting 70 to 80% of the snaps based on what they're going to pay him. NFL AZ Cardinals saying, with uh, the Cooper Cups of the NFL playing all over the place, could we benefit with someone like Dax Hill? He's a safety. He's a versatile safety. 
uh, secondary player inside and out, blitz off the edge, very talented. That sounds a hell of a lot like Isaiah Simmons to me, NFL AZ Cardinals. So I would be pro drafting Dax Hill when the Cardinals then find out what they have in Isaiah Simmons and, and properly how to use him, Bo Brock. Yeah. No, I mean, you're just going to take a, you know, his many Isaiah Simmons and we give me all the athletes. <laughs> and I think Steve Kime, if, I mean, he would tell you that between songs at a Blake Shelton concert. He, he He's like, that's, that's what I want. I want a roster. I want 53 just athletes. And, you know, that doesn't work, unfortunately. But there are you, positions for a reason, right? right? You have the athlete monitor coming out of high school because you can play a couple different roles, but they usually squeeze that out of you pretty quickly, especially at a power five school. Like, why do why do Kime and Cliff like feel like they can reinvent the wheel so much? Like, pick a position, learn learn yeah. a position and stick with it. But I don't I don't have a problem if you give Cliff Traylon Burks and you say, Hey, he played the slot primarily in college, and Cliff says, Well, I see him as this, and let's let's work him sure. there. I don't have a problem with that. If they've got an idea, uh, but we've seen, you know, the dark side of that. I mean, it worse than, than Isaiah Simmons. We saw it with Hassan Reddick early on for three years. The guy just was a non-impact player in the NFL level, and then they said, Okay, let's play to his strength, give him one more chance to uh prove he's he deserves to be at this level. And now he's signing a three-year forty-five million dollar deal as a pass rusher. They wanted him to play stand-up linebacker. Good times. Good times had by all. I want to remind everybody, children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick. The vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or even dying from the disease. It's safe, free, and highly effective, and vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location nearest to you. Got our guy Damian Anderson back in the fold tomorrow. We'll be talking some more Cardinals football. Big anniversary for one of the key Cardinals going forward tomorrow, Johnny. Yes. Uh, and we'll continue to get. I mean, this is draft season. and uh, We're in it. We're in the midst of it. Yep. And we can see everybody in the chat is excited for it. Everybody's got their thoughts on which direction the Arizona Cardinals have to go at 23 and 55 and 87. What do you think, real quick, before we go? What do you think the, the last pick the Cardinals made that was universally loved in the first round? Think back, I don't know, five, seven drafts. Everybody loved the pick. I, I mean, was it Isaiah Simmons? Because I know a lot of the fan base didn't love the Murray pick. Clearly, Zayvon Collins last year. I mean, I feel like it's it's either got to be Simmons or Josh Rosen. People loved that Josh Rosen pick, me included. Not a lot of people are, are man enough to admit it. Um I think, I mean, obviously, Hope Springs turnal here at this time. I mean, people, as far as this goes, people, they see with the glass half full mentality at the draft, despite even Cliff or, or Steve Kimes' draft resume. Like, even though he hasn't hit that often, people believe that there's going to be the game changer in this draft. And it seems like every year, even with Zayvon Collins, there were people that believed that he could be that starting inside linebacker. Um, but I think, I think Isaiah Simmons, people felt like he fell in the lap of the Arizona Cardinals. I agree with that. So people watched that, uh, Natty, even though Clemson lost and he was all over the place and his com, he had so much freaking momentum. People were saying top three, you know, player in the draft, even though he wasn't going to be picked in the top three, I would say the Cardinal fan base universally loved that pick. We we need to talk about this more this off season and we'll have time to do it after the draft, but Maybe just it's too much drinking the Kool Aid, but 
if those two, if the last two first round picks pan out, if, if Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons turn out to be the players that they envision them to be, if they tap into that at all, like, what does that look like? Because I think it's pretty devastating defense. Oh man. Uh, well, I, I know what Zayvon Collins looks like. Cause he's got pro comps. I don't know what an ideal season from Isaiah Simmons looks like. Um, but it better include, you know, a handful of sacks and interceptions. I think that it's easier to project Zavin because he had he like he was Anthony Barr to some extent coming out of where do you go USC or Notre Dame I can't remember where Anthony Barr went to school but he was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings yeah UCLA Mm -hmm. and went had a really nice career as a free agent coincidentally for the Minnesota Vikings that was always my comp and a lot of other people's for Zavin um and so you could argue is he playing out of position but I, I could project we call Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons the unicorn because we, we don't know what his ceiling is or his comp is. So, like, theoretically, a lot of people thought, well, he could have 10 sacks at inside linebacker. Well, he hasn't come close to that. I, I, we'll, we'll know when we see it because they'll have a Pro Bowl, you know, all-pro standout season. But until then, I don't know I don't know what is ideal. Yeah, it's fair. It, it really is tough to project because when you see the versatile players, they're usually coming – more from the back and the defense up, like like a Derwin James, you know, and it, it's tough to say, hey, well, I mean, if he's going to play like at that level, I think he's too big. Um, but everybody yeah. wants to move him to safety. I just I, they have good safeties. They need a good inside linebacker. That's that's why they took him once upon a time. I want to remind everybody: be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five star review. Go become a member at gophnx.com. Hang with Bo and I in the member Discord. Fifty cents for the first month. $8.99 for the subsequent months, or you could cop yourself a free PHNX t-shirt like this one here for just under 60 bucks for the entire year for access to everything at gophnx.com. We've got some phenomenal prospect exclusive content, hopefully coming your way later this week as we continue our buildup, Mr. Bo Brock, toward the NFL draft for my counterpart, Mr. Bo Brock at Twitter. I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you tomorrow.